0: So you're a salesperson. Are you also a public speaker? Well, in a way, you are. Let's find out how on today's episode of The Buyer's Mind.
1: Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism.
0: To reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, Welcome, everyone, once again to The Buyer's Mind, the podcast where we try to investigate just the way our customers are thinking. We always say here in The Buyer's Mind that if you understand your customer well enough, that sales process will roll out right in front of you. Because if I know the way a buyer wants to buy that I can reverse engineer my sales presentation to make it easy for them to do just that. Joined, as always, by our show producer, Paul Murphy. And uh, Murph, today we're going to talk about a little bit about public speaking and how it relates to sales. Uh, So let me just ask you, somebody says, all right. Mr. Paul Murphy, here's 500 people, here's a stage, and here's a microphone. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I'm, I'm with Jerry Seinfeld
1: uh, in that uh, I would rather be dead than speaking 500 people unprepared.
0: <laughs> not, not your gig, huh? Would,
1: would it make a difference if it was 10 people? Uh, it, it helps, but again, preparation is a big thing. If I'm not prepared, I'm scared to death.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to me that the number of people who just don't want to be and part of it is it's foreign to me. Right. Because for me, you give me 500 people and a microphone. Uh, I'm a pretty happy guy. I I really enjoy that that process of, of public speaking. But I get it. I understand. And I certainly know a lot of people in, in my life, including my own wife, who just know. Thank you. I'd rather have a root canal than then go do that. Uh, and I get it. I I understand. But the question that I have is. What do salespeople have to learn from people who make a living at public speaking? That's the question. Are there crossovers? And the answer I think you're going to find is yes. I reached out to David Newman, who is a legend at the National Speakers Association, to ask him that question. David has a new book out on the subject, and I thought this is going to be great. It's a new book just for salespeople. But what we can learn from presentations, from speaking presentations, and how that applies to our sales business. It's a fascinating conversation with a really interesting guy. Let's hear from David Newman. Well, I first met David Newman at the National Speakers Association, uh, watching the guru at work, uh, uh, uh given really, really sound advice on, on marketing. And, and then he and I are a part of the same group, the Million Dollar Speakers Group at uh, NSA. And he's the type of guy who, when he's walking down the hall, people stop him because they want to pick his brain. He's a smart guy. I had learned a lot from him anyway, but I actually hired him for a consulting task here in my own organization. That's how much I think of David Newman. I think he's a, a real valuable, Uh, asset and resource for all of us when we think about how we communicate, how we communicate through marketing, how we communicate through sales. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Please
2: welcome to the buyer's mind, David Newman. David, how are you, sir? Hey there, Jeff. Great to be here and always a privilege to be part of the handsome bald man club.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair is so overrated, don't you think? Yeah, please say yes.
2: Totally agree.
0: (laughs) Uh, David, you have, uh, you've got a very, very successful company where you work with people on their voice, essentially, right? We could put that into the category called marketing, but it's really just what is your voice and what does that sound like? Did did I paint the right picture there?
2: Well, yes. I mean, really, it's about when we're in sales, you are the face and the voice of your company. You're the face and the voice of your brand. You're the face and the voice of your value proposition. So Jeff, one of the things that is kind of fun is borrowing some of the moves from the professional speaker playbook that you and I are very well versed in and putting that in the hands of the frontline sales professional so they can build their personal brand the way that we build our personal brand and they can escalate and elevate their sales conversations as a trusted advisor because people now recognize them not just as a salesperson, but as a trusted authority.
0: You know, it's an interesting take right from the very beginning because you and I, having been involved in the National Speakers Association for some time, often what we see are people who have mad speaking skills are really, really good communicators. They just don't know how to sell themselves particularly well. And here where you're sort of sounds like you're kind of turning the tables here. Let's find people who know how to sell well and try to figure out how to package that message and communicate it more
2: clearly. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I also want to maybe unpack a little bit about this term personal branding. I think that's been bandied about and I'm sometimes guilty of saying it, but If we were just to popularize this and put it in plain English, think about your favorite brands, whether it's Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Levi's, BMW, there are really seven characteristics of brands that most of us would go, well, yeah, that's how it works. That of course, that's how it works. So the brands that we look to are recognized, respected, requested by name, They cost more than the no name, no brand alternatives. People get that and they happily pay more for a can of Coca-Cola than the generic grocery store soda. There's in fact doubt and risk around buying anything else going, oh, not sure it's going to taste as good as a Coke. Not sure it's going to fit as well as the Levi's. Not sure it's going to drive as well as the BMW. And then finally, there's a halo effect around that brand of quality and value and prestige and status. So think about those seven characteristics, not on a BMW, not on a can of Coca Cola. Imagine if those seven characteristics were associated with you as a salesperson and your personal brand as a salesperson benefited in those same seven ways. That's what a speaking strategy can do for your business.
0: You know, it's interesting because when we think about sales professionals and what sales professionals do, what we're what we really want to do is we want to sort of lock people up. We want them to to have a preference, not just for our brand and for our product, but because I'm the person that you want. To work with right or i'm the person that you want to deal with and then we move into that kind of progression that you and i have heard about it before that it moves beyond a brand preference which says well i prefer this brand but if it's not available you know i can go somewhere else and then we see the brand loyalty where we're going to talk about the brand but ultimately it gets to that point of brand insistence right like it just it has to be that brand it can't be other that any other brand i wouldn't even think about it and it sounds like that's the the mecca that you're looking for here
2: Exactly right. This is where you sit down at a restaurant that only serves Pepsi. You ask for a Coke. They say, sorry, is Pepsi okay? You say, no, thanks. I'll take water.
0: Uh, by the way, you just nailed it uh, for me, as a matter of fact. I'm a Pepsi guy over Coke. <laughs> but, that's, but that's the idea. We love our brands, don't we? And and yet we often look at it and we think, well, we, yeah, we love our brands, but people, well, people aren't brands. And it sounds like your premise right from the very beginning is that, oh yes, people are very much brands.
2: Let's think about it this way. I think we're living in an attention economy. And when I say we're living in an attention economy, that means that first we have to win attention and then we get the opportunity to win the business. So who wins attention in our world, in our society right now? Two kinds of people, experts and celebrities. And let me unpack that, Jeff, for a quick second. Sure. Experts share their advice, insights, recommendations. Experts, by definition, are helpful, relevant. They give actionable information. Experts are typically trusted advisors. They have that positioning in the marketplace. They're almost always industry specific. There's no such thing as a generic expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're implementation oriented, meaning they help you do things, they help you uh, achieve some sort of end result or outcome. And that's what experts do. Now, let's flip it over. Who else wins attention in our society right now? Celebrities. What do celebrities do? They appear in public often. They're generally famous for one specific thing. Here's something cool. They're the popularizer of their own product. They, by definition, are the face and voice of their brand. Their fans and their followers want to buy from them. Want underline want three times, want to buy from them. And they build communities of loyalty around themselves, around their products and around their services. So imagine if we borrowed from those two playbooks, how can every salesperson take on the characteristics of an expert or a trusted advisor? How can every salesperson also then celebritize themselves So people want to listen, want to follow, want to buy from them, want to refer and recommend. And that's a winning combination. If you want to win attention, you have to become the expert in your field and you have to become at least the local celebrity. You don't need to be Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey. We're not talking about a global celebrity, but certainly in your marketplace, you do want to become a celebrity. Because that's what's going to make people want to buy from you.
0: Put it in a very practical sense, though, because I'm looking at it, I'm going. I don't know how. How do I become a celebrity as a salesperson? I, I I connect the dots
2: for us. Well, there is one simple strategy, and Jeff, you you know this. It's like telling a fish about water. It's like, oh, by <laughs> the way, hey, Mister Fish, there's this thing called water. The fish looks at you like, what are you crazy? There's no water. Of course, there's water, but you're you're immersed in it, so you can't tell. Mm-hmm. The speaking strategy. If speaking is the new marketing, which I fully and completely believe, the person on the stage, even if it's only 10, 15, 20 people at a rotary club, at a local chamber, 10, 15 people in the audience, who's the expert in the room? The people Mm -hmm. up front, the person holding the microphone, the person that is teaching, the person that is sharing her or his expertise, that person by definition is the expert right? Mm-hmm. We can show people a photograph of here's a person talking to 10 people in a room. Who's the expert? Well, it's, it's the person in the front who's right. teaching and pointing and gesticulating and other people are wrapped in attention. So that's one way to expertize yourself and celebritize yourself. In my opinion, I wrote a whole book about it. It is in fact the number one best way.
0: So so what's the difference that because I could see I mean standing in front of a group and and I'm gonna I, I'm going to demonstrate my expertise along those
2: lines. Does that make me a celebrity? Well, it makes you a it makes you a celebrity that they want to do business with. Mm-hmm. So I think we've all had some experience of standing up in front of a group, whether it was at the chamber or a local civic group or a local chapter meeting of an association you belong to, the the after effect of that is that months and months afterwards, sometimes even years afterwards, people will stop you in the grocery store. They will stop you at the post office and say, oh, hey, you're that guy that did that seminar back at the, uh, at the thing a couple of years ago. Aren't you that guy? So literally one speech, one presentation can follow you around for years Mm -hmm. because people remember people remember who was if if you do a good job i'm assuming you're doing a good job if you're doing a good job up there and you're really being of tremendous value to people and you're sharing actionable insights that are going to help them in some cases help them do business with you which is what a salesperson wants to do they're gonna say oh hey You know, you work for that real estate company. You guys have those new homes up on. Yeah, no, I remember. I saw you six months ago. That was a great program. That was a great presentation. So Mm -hmm. the after effects are profound. If that's your definition of celebrity, that's celebrity, local celebrity, minor celebrity, minor league, triple A right
0: but it gives you that credibility and that sense and you know I I was asked to do a segment on the one of the morning shows here in the Greater Sacramento area that's the closest major market to where I am and it's one of those things where yeah hey the guy's on TV that must mean something the reality is it's not that difficult to get that slot if you can speak well uh, confidently assuredly uh, it's really interesting because you know you and I members of the National Speakers Association and you know there's that t-shirt that NSA members wear that say, your greatest fear is how I make my living. Right? There's It's almost like this inside secret that we have at NSA. It's like, we love to speak. Give me a stage on a microphone and 500 people. I do it for the cost of lunch. Unfortunately, it pays a lot more than that. We also recognize that one of the reasons why we're able to be effective as speakers is because public speaking scares the crap out of most people i've looked at that david and thought man you know what i get why we're teaching all of these the subjects we're going to teach at typical school but why are we missing public speaking to teach our young people at a very young age to get comfortable in this regard because ultimately what you're talking about is a barrier that has to overcome there are people who are listening to this message right now and saying stand up in front of 10 people i'd rather have a root canal thank you
2: Well, let me address that because this is like anything else in life that you don't know how to do something until you do. So Mm -hmm. think about Jeff, think about any hobby, any sport, any skill, bowling, fly fishing, how to sew a button onto a shirt, uh, any hobby sport, skill that you're good at and that you enjoy today. At some point you had no idea how that worked. Like playing chess, you know, any, anything like that, you're like, well, I don't know. And then someone taught me, or I learned it, or I self-taught myself. And now I got much better at it. And now I know what's going on. So let me reassure people that have this fear that you're saying, which is very, very common. You know, we hear, oh, I don't like to speak. I don't like to stand up. I don't like being the center of attention. Or, you know, I've tried it. I've tried it and I hate it. Well, the question is speaking as a business development tool is very different than speaking for the sake of speaking or just Mm -hmm. speaking with some general, you know, Hey, get up and give a presentation for no reason. So what most people do one-on-one when they're talking with a prospect, when they're on the phone, they're on a zoom meeting, someone walks into a property and says, Hey, can you show me what's going on here? We can take that prospecting conversation, and we can map it to a client magnet speech. So it's no more and no less comfortable and natural for you to stand up and share that message with 10 people, 15 people, 20 people, than it is to share it with one person. So let me give you that, can I give you the template for the client please, magnet? Speech? Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. So Number one, it starts with where that buyer is right now. Where are they now? What do they want? What do they need? What are the problems, heartaches, gaps, fears, doubts, and uncertainties? And any good speech would start with where are you now? Mm -hmm. Second step is where do they want to be? What is their ultimate end state? Right. They want to have a beautiful home. They want to, you know, cure their, their disease. They want to be better with their finances. They want to be better with their parenting, whatever it is. But, Figure out where do these people want to be personally, professionally and financially, because you ask that one on one. Why not bake that into part of your presentation or your speech? Number three, third part of the client magnet speech is removing common obstacles. Well, I bet you're wondering, Jeff, about problem X. A lot of folks that come to us, they're really concerned about situation Y. A lot of people, they have no idea how to get started with topic Z. You know, we have the expertise, we can help you. We've solved this problem hundreds of times for hundreds of buyers, just like you. So we're removing common obstacles. We're showing up in their world as that friendly expert. Number four is showing success stories and talking about either before and after, or I just worked with a client, I just worked with a home buyer, they were in a similar situation, here's what they found, here's what we were able to help them with. We're hardwired to respond to stories, right? Any communications expert will tell you that. The more client stories and prospect stories you're able to share, and I know you probably share them one-on-one, but you need to share them in your presentation. Fifth and final step, Make the next step crystal clear. In marketing speak, we call this the CTA, the call to action. But tell them exactly what they need to do to take the next step. Call, go to this website, click this link, book an appointment, right? Send me an email, do whatever that next step is, right? We'll show you the home, we'll take a tour, we'll do the virtual program online. Let's get on a call, whatever it may be. The last step is, okay, well, how do I go to the next step? Of course, you would tell a one-on-one prospect how to take the next step with you in your client magnet speech. It needs to close with a very compelling call to action. So if I were to take those five steps overall, Jeff, it's teach, show, prove, and invite. We teach them something valuable. We show them that what we're talking about is real and that works. We prove that we are the experts because we've helped people just like them solve problems just like theirs. And then we invite them to a conversation about how we can help them further. That's your client magnet speech. If you can do it one-on-one, you will be brilliant at it with a little bit of practice, just like bowling, just like riding a bike, just like fly fishing. Of course, it was awkward at first, but you learned, you improved, you stuck with it. And you know what? Today, you're probably even having some fun with it. And Mm -hmm. all of the folks that we work with, they actually look forward to a presentation, Jeff, just like you and I, as professional speakers, look forward to our presentations too.
0: You know what's interesting about that? When you look at those five steps, where's the buyer right now? Where do they want to be? How to remove common obstacles, showing success stories, make this next step crystal clear. That formula could have been applied to any one-on-one sales discussion. But it also could have been applied to just about any speaking environment when you think about it. uh, The the format of a speech could be seen the same way. Where is my audience? Where do they want to be? How do I remove articles? How do I validate it? And then some sort of call to action. Do you see sales to speaking as really being separated more by their circumstances, but very, very similar in the fundamentals of the process in each thing?
2: That is exactly what we do when we sit down with clients. We say, okay, show me your sales presentation because your sales presentation is your presentation. Now, Mm -hmm. it may be a little bit less, uh, a little bit more teaching and a little bit less sales, but it is 90%. The same template, the same blueprint, the same journey, the same psychological journey that we take a one-on-one prospect through is the same psychological journey that we should take every one of our audiences through to build Mm -hmm. this client-magnet type of speech for for the non-speakers among us.
0: Right, right. Uh, Now, there's one thing that goes in place here that I wanna make sure that I don't skip, and that is that if you wanna set yourself up as an expert and a celebrity, okay? Uh, If you wanna set yourself up as an expert, You better have some expertise. And I know that you and I, this was one of our pet peeves that when we see speakers who might very well have the gift of gab, the presentation skills might be awesome, but the expertise is extremely light or worse, uh, stolen uh, and and just sort of repackaged from somebody else's presentation. It sounds like there is a ticket to the dance here, and that is you better be an expert right from the very beginning.
2: Yes, absolutely. And remember, we're not talking about book learning expertise or PhD expertise. We're really talking about sales expertise and how you help your prospects and your buyers achieve an outcome that they already know they want. So, the more that you can be of service to them, you know, I always believe that a a truly skilled salesperson does what a truly skilled speaker does, namely, that we are concerned with helping before selling and serving before pitching, right? Mm -hmm. We're not gonna pitch the home. We're not gonna pitch the features. We're not gonna pitch the benefit. We're not gonna pitch the add-ons and the extras. We're really gonna listen. We're really gonna know what that buyer's psychology. And Jeff, this is where your expertise and your genius comes in. We're gonna know how they're showing up. We're gonna know what they want. We're gonna know what they, We'll love. We know what they hate. We know what they're terrified of. We know what they're excited about. And if we can craft a sales presentation around that, we can craft a public presentation around that as well.
0: I want to go back. We're almost out of time. I want to go back and talk about personal branding here for just a second, because when we think about it, you know, companies, they're going to spend a lot of time thinking about Brand. What is our brand? But there are really two ways to think about your brand. There's what you put out there for the world, saying here this is where we are. Here's our logo. Here's our colors. Here's our theme song. This is our taglines. But then there's a very different version of brand, and it is what do we think of that brand? So even right now, and they may perhaps they're making strides uh, to improve this the brand that united airlines wants you to believe and the brand that you actually perceive may be very different things and and it, it, at the end of the day it only matters what i perceive that makes a difference so how do we about go about that in establishing our personal branding recognizing there are things that we want to put out a, put out about ourselves but ultimately the only thing that really matters is what that customer perceives
2: Well, that's both. You're absolutely right, Jeff, and that's both the the risk and the opportunity, because unlike unlike United Airlines, where there might be half a dozen or a dozen touch points in any given flight experience, uh, when we're talking about sales, that sales professional is the brand so that people have seen advertising of course they come onto the property they look around uh, but but as far as a human to human interaction they call the office you know the receptionist better be nice and polite and friendly and uh, useful but really it is almost like a single touch point experience that if i'm gonna buy a home from brenda everything about brenda is what I'm concerned about, right? She's my trusted advisor, she's my Sherpa, she's my guide, she's the person that better have my best interests at heart, I better feel really good about her intent, her skill, her competency, and her, her ability to help me get an outcome that I want. United Airlines, oh my God, they lost my bag, oh, the food was cold, oh my God, the, the, the flight attendant, said that the you know the av was out so we can't get a movie there's lots of chances for united airlines to blow it there's not a lot of chances for most salespeople. so in fact when you look at a personal sale like what we're talking about most of the time here the personal brand is more important than the company brand so you can have a great experience with a company that might not even have such a great reputation But, ah, Brenda treated me right. Brenda's Mm -hmm. awesome. Brenda needs the promotion. Think about all those Yelp reviews. Think about all those Google reviews. They don't talk about the company, the company, the company. They talk about my salesperson. My salesperson was amazing. She treated you right. When you buy a home from these folks, you make sure you ask for Brenda. Because Brenda's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. That's the personal brand becoming more important than the company brand
0: the book is uh, do it speaking and the book is coming out here uh, very very soon i know uh tell us more about how people can get it and uh, why they should get it right away
2: yes well so the the place to go is doitmarketing.com forward slash speak and the reason to get it is because there's all kinds of bonuses and goodies and companion tools that you get so if you if you've really resonated with this notion that speaking is the new marketing and you wanna dip your toe in and see what it's about and see how to to borrow some of the key strategies, tactics and methods of paid professional speakers, put that, install that DNA into your sales career and watch the results take off. The book is gonna be helpful to you. The bonuses that we have waiting for you and the companion tools and downloads, at doitmarketing.com slash speak are waiting for you. And I would love to hear success stories. You know, let me know, you know, email me. My email is david at doitmarketing.com and uh, would love to hear some home sales success stories from our new home selling speaker experts who have expertized themselves and branded themselves as the go-to resource for buying a new home. I love
0: it. I love it. Hey, before we let you go, we're going to put you on the hot seat. Rapid fire questions, rapid fire responses. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Your very first job was what?
2: Um, Hospital volunteer.
0: (laughs) An album from your youth that you listen to over and over again.
2: War. Why can't we be
0: friends? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's taking me back. Uh, The most beautiful
2: place you've ever stood. The Hawaiian island of Kauai.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, any book that made a profound impact on your young life
2: i'm gonna say the hardy boys because anything <laughs> and everything was possible for that's teenage right
0: boys. that's true absolutely uh, a movie you've seen multiple times but it doesn't matter you have to watch when it comes on casablanca uh-huh and
2: uh, finally your first celebrity crush Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, m- my wife knows this, so I'm not going to get killed. Uh, Nastasia Kinski.
0: <laughs> I love um,
2: it. Sorry, I had to, you know, what can you do? Cat people, yeah, no, no. Reveals, no. you name it.
0: I love it, love it. We've had 100 episodes of uh, the podcast, so I've asked the question 100 times, and you just got a first. Uh, so, there you go. We've not heard that before, but I know who you're talking about. We're all good. All right, his name is David Newman. His website is doitmarketing.com. The book is Do It Speaking, and you will put all of that down in the uh, show notes. Uh, David, uh, thanks for all you do for our industry, for the speaking business, and now for sales professionals who want to be the best they can be. And thanks, too, for being on the buyer's mind
2: thank you my friend
0: all right so there you have it uh murph he's uh, it, it, an interesting guy right you c- you could sort of listen to david newman chat for a while it seems like he's got a fresh take on just about everything
1: we could talk about him but i'm a little worried about us um th- we didn't have this in the interview process. You're a Pepsi guy. I'm a Coke guy. What are we going to do about that?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I'll write you up and, uh, and we'll do a, we'll do a forced inoculation. You're going to have to drink. But, uh, the reality is I stopped drinking all sodas a while ago, but Pepsi was my brand. So I'll, I'll, I'll allow you your, your, uh, your Coke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's interesting when, when we look at what uh, he was talking about, the idea of casting yourself as an expert and uh, Murphy, you, into your share of conferences, I'm sure you have seen that happen. Somebody who would otherwise not see themselves necessarily as a celebrity, and yet you put them in front of a room addressing a a, a conference on something that they know a lot about, and we sort we just kind of give them credit for being an expert, right? We sit down and we go, well, they're standing in front of the room; they must be an expert. Is it? Am I oversimplifying, or or is it really that easy?
1: Well, I think it can be that easy, uh, depending on the charisma that they bring to it. Uh, and I think uh, David mentioned that is when somebody gets up there and really has that passion that they bring to it, you buy into their celebrity
0: it becomes memorable. Yeah, I think that that's right. Uh, we, we give them that credit. Uh, you make a really good point, though, that passion for our expertise has got to be there. So there's no doubt. And we talked about this in the interview with David here. If you're not an expert, well, you shouldn't be there anyway. But if you are an expert, then this is a fantastic way to be able to look at it. If I can increase my expertise, even to the point of having that almost celebrity status, then what's going to happen? I'd build that brand. It's not about brand preference. It's not about brand loyalty. It's about brand insistence. And what I find interesting is that over the years, I have seen so many customers who have said, I only want to buy from that salesperson. Not that company, that salesperson. And uh, correspondingly, we see this, that the weight that a sales professional has on the ultimate decision is much, much stronger than we often give ourselves credit for. But if we're taking care of our customers right, if we are recognized as being the expert, if we are respected for what it is that we do, if we go through that process of understanding, where is my buyer at? Where do they want to be? How do I remove the common obstacles? How do I share success stories? And then make that next step crystal clear. That's the client magnet speech that David was just talking about. It's a great pattern for how to make sales. And not just for how to make sales, but how to change people's world. Because when we're doing it that way, it is always in the client's best interest. And that's exactly what we want to do. Well, there you have it, another episode of The Buyer's Mind. Hey, if you are not subscribed to our five-minute sales training, pop over to YouTube, type in Jeff Shore Training. And you're going to see it right there, the 5-Minute Sales Training. Every Saturday morning, a new, upbeat, lots of fun opportunity for us to be able to inspire you, get you started on the right direction for your weekend. You can go over to YouTube and type in Jeff Shore Training. You'll see it pop right up. We would love to have you as a part of the 5-Minute Sales Training team. And until next time, hey, go out there and change someone's world.